1: Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning following a similar performance on Wall Street overnight. Sydney and Wellington are in the green, but Tokyo and Seoul are selling off. The Nikkei is down two-thirds of a percent. The Kospi in Seoul is off 0.3 percent, but shares in Australia and New Zealand are both charging higher with gains of more than three-quarters of a percent. Joining me now to break down all the market action, is Ryan Huang. Happy Thursday, Ryan. Happy Thursday, Michelle. Now, let's start this morning with three big picture views of the world economy and financial trends from a banker a central bank, and a tech titan. So we're going to explore what their projections could mean for you, listener, as the investor. We're going to start with Jamie Dimon. He is the chief executive of JPMorgan Chase, and every year he sends out a letter to shareholders. His top-line message this year is that the economic boom that we're beginning to see as countries emerge from the pandemic could easily run into 2023. So, Ryan, what is behind uh, his bullish view?
0: Yeah, Jamie Diamond, of course, uh, he is very closely watched in terms of his views, and this comes through with his annual letter. And it is a bullish view because of a couple of reasons. This is pretty much focused on how much excess savings and new stimulus savings are being stashed away from. Being spent because of the restriction activities, the restriction on travel. So, all that being set aside, and he is thinking once restrictions are lifted, you will see a bit of pent up spending, a bit of revenge spending. So, all that will all be good news for the economy. And also, on top of that, you have huge deficit spending, more stimulus measures on the cards, the infrastructure bill that's going to be navigating its way through Congress and also the vaccine rollouts and the general euphoria around the end of the pandemic. So all of that is set to boost the US economy for at least the next two years.
1: So is the CEO of JP Morgan chases bullish on the economy, but he also thinks that stock market valuations are currently quite high. So Ryan, is he a bull or a bear when it comes to stocks?
0: I would say he's a bit more bull when it comes to stock markets. Even though he's a bit cautious around valuations, he's saying it's quite high. But he says the multi-year boom that he is looking out for in the US economy may be able to justify current levels. And this is something that markets are trying to price in now. The future growth, the future excess savings that will go into earnings eventually. Mm. So that is also contrasting to the other side of the equation where you have pretty much no alternative. Right now, rates are so low, you pretty much have to be more focused on getting returns from the stock market. So that is what he's looking out for. Um, This is maybe justifiable. The, The upcoming economic boom could be just pushing up stock markets to even higher, higher highs.
1: Yeah, and by the way, Diamond's letter to shareholders extended to more than 60 pages. A couple more interesting tidbits from his missive. Uh, first, the onset of remote working. He says, JP Morgan may need only 60 seats for every 100 employees. As a result, you can expect the bank to cut back on real estate. Second, and this one, I think I'll post to you as a question, Ryan. How much do you think JP Morgan spends every year on cybersecurity? Mm. I would imagine a
0: lot because it is a bank and it is one of the biggest targets for hackers.
1: A lot is correct. 600 million US dollars. Imagine that. Now, next up, we have the US Federal Reserve. The central bank has just released its minutes from its March meeting, giving us further insight into its views on economic growth and inflation. Now, the latter has been a major concern for investors this year because they worry that rising prices may lead to the Fed reversing its easy money policy. And we're seeing the impact on prices from supply chain bottlenecks. So Ryan, what is the Fed's take on this?
0: Yeah, so all in the minutes were painting a dovish view. So no surprises there. It was pretty much sticking to the script, which all the Fed officials have been citing in the past few quarters and even years. So what we have right now, of course, you do have supply bottlenecks creating a bit of dynamics where some of the prices are going up. And that is interesting because that is what you want for, I guess, a sustainable picture. But right now, they think it's temporary. It's going to be transitory. So it might just be a blip when it comes to numbers. So in terms of inflation views, the current supply chain bottleneck pushing up prices is not going to feed into pushing the needle when it comes to rate high expectations. So they want the inflation numbers to be sticky. They want the employment numbers to come back up more significantly before they change their minds around what to do next with the current interest rates.
1: I guess the question then is, do you think these Fed minutes, which as you say, sticks to the script, are they going to finally ease investor concerns about inflation? Or do you expect that to be a continuing theme in markets going forward?
0: Yeah, the short answer is no. Nothing new here when it comes to guiding for inflation. So this is something to watch out for in the coming inflation indicator numbers. And what's telling is a bit of a media Q and A that one of the Chicago, uh, one of the Fed officials from Chicago, Charles Evans. He said it's going to take months after months of higher inflation before he's even going to think about whether this inflation is going to be sustainable. So it's going to take quite a while for the Fed officials to start turning around and starting to change their mind around whether inflation is there. And on top of that, it's not just inflation. You need to have the jobs numbers come back. So you do have quite a bit to go before hikes could be seen for interest
1: rates. Well, that's reassuring. One more note about the Fed. It expects the U.S. economy to grow at 6.5% this year. Next, let's take a look at Peter Thiel. He's founder of PayPal, also an outspoken conservative donor. Thiel has historically been pro-crypto, and we talked quite a bit yesterday about how crypto markets have hit the two trillion U.S. dollars in market cap. We'll continue that conversation in about an hour's time in Money and Me, but Back to Peter Thiel. Thiel not only buys cryptocurrencies, he invests in virtual currency ventures. He's expressing concerns now, though, that China could turn Bitcoins into a financial weapon. So, break down for us Thiel's argument.
0: Quite a sensational headline. And he was speaking at an industry event where he was putting or describing Bitcoin as a threat to fiat currency. So this is the idea that Bitcoin has become so universal to some extent because it's digital, everyone can have access to it, and it's traded around the world. So in that sense, it is the biggest threat to the US dollar as a universal currency. So if that continues to gain momentum, he's thinking the US dollar may be under threat, which is something that will play into what the... Chinese government wants, potentially, uh, to destabilize or at least fade away the dominance of the US dollar in favor of another asset. So that is why he thinks it is a Chinese financial weapon. Uh, But of course, it is quite a a sensationalist view. And all in, he is trying to push the US government to have tighter regulations for cryptocurrencies. So maybe that could put Actually, more pressure on Bitcoin prices down the road if we do see tighter regulations.
1: Bitcoin and Ethereum both trading relatively flat today. Bitcoin marginally higher around the 56,000 US dollar level. Ethereum down a tad, trading below the 2000 US dollar mark. Time now for corporate news. It's uh, the game of up or down. I name a company in the headlines. Ryan tells us which way he thinks it is moving. Are you ready? Let's go. Grab.
0: Well, grab is an up for me, and that's because we've got some indication, at least going by reports, that it's one step closer to getting listed. And this is through a spec. It's Ultimate Capital's uh, two Ultimate Growth spec. And this could see it really well, cashing in. Right now, if, if you look at the Ultimate Growth Fund, it's raised around $450 million in 2020. That has since grown. 25% in terms of its share price. So the spec is gaining quite a bit of momentum.
1: It's an up for grab for me. Grab on track for the world's biggest blank check spec listing. It is planning to merge uh, with a company to list on Nasdaq in a deal that will raise more than 2 billion US dollars and provide Grab with a 35 billion US dollar valuation. Next up Hong Leong. Well,
0: Hong Leong would be an up for me and that's because it's getting quite a bit of support from the analyst community. So CGS CIMB Initiating coverage on the conglomerate with an ad call hmm. with a target price of $1.18 is thinking that, and just by the way, mm-hmm. the latest close is around um, $0.92. Cents. Okay. So you are looking at potentially a secondary listing of these diesel engine units, and that could be a major catalyst for the uh, Hong Long stock. So that is one reason. It's going up.
1: Yeah, yeah. That secondary listing of the company's diesel engine unit could be good news for Hong Leong shareholders. It's up for me. Hong Leong shares are up 20 percent this year. Next ten cent.
0: Okay, ten cent would be a down for me, and that is because one of its largest shareholders, Process, is planning to sell fourteen point six billion dollars worth of its stake in the tech giant, and that has seen its ADRs overnight down as much as 9.7%. And we are looking at the Hong Kong stock yesterday down over
1: 3%. Next, the telemedicine company White Coat and disclaimer, full disclaimer, I use White Coat. Uh, it's changed my life, virtual medicine.
0: Yeah, you don't have to get off bed to get an MC. That's how
1: And it is. the uh, medicine comes to your door. So the future maybe of medicine <laughs> where
0: you just have to take out your phone while you're staying in bed to see a doctor. So this is getting quite a bit of momentum with the uh, latest fundraising it's going going through Series A funding fetching ten point eight billion or rather ten point eight million dollars. And this is really painting quite an encouraging picture for telemedicine.
1: Yeah, up for me. Have you tried telemedicine?
0: I still prefer the old good old heck
1: you want to go visit. in and wait.
0: I want the doctor to see me in person.
1: It depends, I suppose, on what you're being seen for. You know, sometimes when you, you can't move and the prospect of waiting in a, in a waiting room for hours, it could add to the pain. Telemedicine is a real, um, a real boon. So let's check in on local stocks. Investors took profits yesterday, dragging the STI below the 3200 mark. The STI finished down one third of a percent at 3195. How's it looking this morning, Ryan?
0: Yeah, a quick look at the STI, which you just described, is actually on a two-day losing streak. It's back up again by 0.1% in the green, 3,198. So just slightly under the 3,200 level. Mm-hmm. And a quick snapshot of the STI components. Of the 30 constituents, you've got mm, a bit more red right now. You've just just got around 8 in the green, And in the green right now, Comfort Delgro leading the way in the green by 0.6%. And right at the bottom, Yang Zhejiang Shipbuilding... It's been one of the most heavily traded stocks in recent days. Uh, Yesterday, it was the best performing stock. Today, it's right at the bottom. So, it's been going back and forth for the past few days. So, that is the picture we have right now, pretty much reflecting the mixed picture we've been seeing across Asia following the rather flattish session on Wall Street overnight.
1: Thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM,